0: This morning we have kind of a guest preacher. His name is Matt Party. He's actually our junior high director, which is why you might not have seen him. But just a little bit about, I am so glad that I belong to this particular congregation. Because did you know that we have a number of seminarians who are coming up from our congregation to serve God? They Um, feel that call upon their lives and then they go before our session and the session talks with them and then recommends them to our presbytery and then they start a journey of at least two years if not longer of discerning what is God's will for them is God leading them to serve in a full-time capacity And I'm glad to say both Faith and Matt are part of that and are at the end of their journey almost. Um, Pray for them this week. They do have ordination exams. um, And so we can pray and lift up um, them as they go through those particular um, examinations. But come, let us welcome Matt.
1: All right. Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate that. Uh, Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you. Um, uh, As as some of you know, I am the middle school coordinator here. Uh, I've had the privilege of being on staff since 2016. Uh, Before coming on staff, I served as a volunteer youth leader in the middle school and high school ministry here for uh, close to a decade, um, which means I've had to endure countless jokes by Mike Boozer. And that's all I'll say about that. So. Uh, as some of you might know, I'm, um, and as Daryl just mentioned, I'm currently under care with Presbytery, and I hope to become ordained by next year as an associate pastor. Uh, I have one more exam to do, and I am working on my chaplaincy, which I just started this week at Cedar sinai um, and so, enough about me, let's jump on into the message. Uh, for those of you who were here uh, last week, we're going through the book of Jonah. Uh, David Dave kicked us off uh, in the series by preaching on chapter 1, and he shared about how Jonah is a prophet from Israel who God has asked to go to the great city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was one of the largest metropolitan cities in the known world. At that time, and it was the capital of Assyria, which was a superpower nation whose empire bordered Israel. So when God called Jonah to go to Nineveh, he was sending Jonah into the heart of a nation that was currently at war with Israel. Assyria, which was known for its wickedness, its violence, its sexual sin, idolatry, would conquer the northern part of Israel roughly 25 years after Jonah preached to them. Thus, it makes sense that Jonah rebelled against God by attempting to flee from his calling to go to Nineveh and warn them of their evil ways and the need to turn to God. As Dave shared last week, Jonah decided to run from his calling by boarding a ship at Joppa that was sailing to Tarshish, which on the map up here you'll see is basically in the complete opposite direction of Nineveh. Uh, However, as we see uh, many times in the Bible, God does not give up on his people. Instead, uh, God brings a storm to the ship Jonah's on, and at Jonah's request, he is thrown overboard by the sailors because he knew God sent this storm since he was running away from his calling to preach to Nineveh. Which reminds me of how Dave has been asking me to preach for the last few years. And like Jonah, I have been running from it. As much as I can until today, um, but here I am. So as we move into chapter Two, Jonah is being swallowed by a big fish, most likely a whale. This is like one of the reasons why I like to think of Jonah as a whale of a tail. Um, as I've been studying the book of Jonah this week, I learned something really interesting, and that is the book is held in high reverence within the Jewish community. They read it aloud in every synagogue worldwide each year on Yom Kippur. Um, Yom Kippur, which I'm sure many of you know, is the start of the new year in the Jewish calendar and is viewed as the holiest day in Judaism. It's primarily centered on atonement and repentance, and the day's activities consist of fasting, prayer, confessions, and sin. Uh, Pastor M.R. DeHaan, the founder of the ministry of Our Daily Bread, helps us to explain Yom Kippur by saying, On Yom Kippur, the most solemn day of the Jewish calendar, a big fish is read in synagogues. As worshippers fast, confess their sins, and reflect on the words of Moses and Isaiah, they listen once again to the account of a catch and release that is so amazing, no one would believe it if it wasn't in the Bible. So the, the story of Jonah is paired with Yom Kippur because it teaches that no matter what has happened in someone's life, they can always change their evil ways and be redeemed by God. And Jonah's prayer in the belly of the fish provides us with an excellent illustration of what it looks like to turn back to God and be redeemed. So if uh, you have your Bible, please open to Jonah 2 um, as we're going to read that now uh, about him being in the belly of the fish. The words should also be on the screen. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All of your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what i vowed i will make good i will say salvation comes from the lord and the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jonah onto dry land this is the word of the lord thanks be to god thanks squire uh, so one thing I find interesting that we really don't think about is that there's really only two ways Jonah could have come out of the fish it might sound a little gross but it's by God's grace that he commanded the fish to vomit Jonah out on dry land um, I don't know about you but the other option sounds much worse So let's take a second and imagine what it'd be like to be swallowed by a huge fish. You're in complete darkness. Other things the fish swallowed would be moving around and touching you, it, it would be smelly and feel yucky. There wouldn't be much air available to breathe. Um, you have no sense of time or ability to figure out what might happen next. Uh, and so in this whale of a tail, Jonah is clearly experiencing what it's like to hit rock bottom. He talks about experiencing a darkness, Um, and although the word sheol is not mentioned in the book, the imagery Jonah uses to describe being in the belly is almost identical to how sheol is explained in the Old Testament by other Hebrew authors. Uh, Sheol refers to the realm of the dead, and is usually seen as where the wicked would go when they died. It's a dark place where people are trapped and separated from God's presence. Job explains Sheol as the land of gloom and deep darkness. And the following verses from Jonah's prayer tie directly to other places in the Old Testament where Jonah where Sheol is being referenced. Um, From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help. I have been banished from your sight. The deep surrounds me. I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever forever. Each of these verses provides an illustration of being in an incredibly dark and chaotic place. Um, And Psalm 88, which Pastor Dale read earlier, provides an excellent description of complete darkness and emptiness. Uh, Eugene Peterson, the author of The Message, interprets Psalm 88 like this. I'm written off as a lost cause, one more statistic, a hopeless cause, abandoned already to dead, one more body in a stack of corpses. And not so much as a gravestone. I'm a black hole in oblivion. You've dropped me into a bottomless pit, sunk me into a pitch black abyss. So clearly Jonah is not having a pleasant experience. Uh, he's on the brink of death in a dark place where he feels he's been banished from God's presence. And unfortunately, because of Jonah's disobedience, God has had to use this experience to get Jonah to return to his calling. And it worked. In verse 4, we see Jonah seeking redemption from the dark pit he is in by saying, I will look again to your holy temple. Jonah is now turning his attention back to God and his calling, believing that God will be merciful and meet him in his incredibly dark place in his life. And one lesson we can learn from this experience is... That God's grace and mercy meets us even when we are in our darkest places. This means when we are facing difficulties, God is always there to help us get through whatever we are facing. He is there to comfort us, guide us, and provide for us. However, like Jonah, we must turn to God in our challenging times if we're going to experience the fullness of God's comfort. After college, I had a chance to live in Kenya for a few months. Uh, I was participating in an outreach program for a church. And one of the things I found interesting that they would say a lot there is, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And they say this to remind themselves that no matter how challenging life gets, God's goodness will never depart from them. It, It reminds them to lean into God During those hard times, knowing that his goodness will comfort them in their challenges and get them through whatever life brings their way. Um, I'm guessing most of you uh, can think of a time or two when you've had a Jonah-like experience. Maybe not something exactly the same, but a season when um, you needed to experience God's grace and mercy. Uh, One of those times... For me, was when I was in college, um, I became friends with some people who weren't the greatest influences on my life. Um, And they led me to a place where I wasn't making great decisions. And these decisions negatively impacted my academics, my relationships with my family and others, and um, my quality of life impacted. And it uh, brought me to a place where I was just constantly depressed and anxious. Um, and Thankfully, God in his grace brought me out of this dark season by bringing a few people into my life who invited me to church and helped me to understand Christianity better, leading me to accept uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And As I committed my life to following Jesus, this led me to leave behind the chaotic and unstable life I was living. Uh, it also gave me a newfound sense of peace and joy that I had never experienced before. Paul explains this peace that we receive as believers by saying, "Um, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if I might say, if you are in the belly of the fish right now, and going through a difficult season, I encourage you to let Jonah's prayer and Paul's words be a reminder of the peace that God gives us in storms when we call out to him. I love what Max Lucado says in his book, You'll Get Through This. He he writes, You will get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish or naive. But don't despair either. With God's help, you will get through this. And when we choose to follow Jesus' Um, That doesn't mean we get a pass from going through life's difficult experiences. Um, Paul, one of the greatest evangelists ever, went through some incredibly challenging times. Uh, One of those times is when he was persecuting Christians, and Jesus blinded him for three days and three nights. And just like Jonah, Paul was in the belly of the fish. He had no experience or no idea what would happen next. Would he receive his sight back or be blind for the rest of his life? Instead of continuing to rebel against God, Paul decides to lean into God's goodness by spending time in prayer and fasting. God then met Paul in his darkness by sending Ananias to tell him about God's saving grace um, and which is found in a personal relationship with Jesus. Paul chose to lean in to God's goodness by being baptized and committing his life to following Christ. And just like Jonah, God redeemed him from his darkness and directed him to his calling. We've all been through dark times, and many of us will probably face more. How we respond to these challenges is essential to getting through them. Like Jonah and Paul, we must lean into God and remember that God's grace and mercy meets us even when we're in the darkest places. This means we can rest in knowing that God is always watching over us, providing for us, guiding us, and comforting us, even when we are in our darkest hours. As I conclude, I want to share a poem that you may have heard before. It's fairly well known, and it paints a picture of God providing comfort and encouragement when we're having a belly-in-the-fish experience. The poem is called Footprints in the Sand, and uh, hopefully it's up there. So, um, and it goes like this. One night, I had a dream. I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sea flashed scenes from my life. From each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked at, I looked back at, at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many times along the path of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in my life. This really bothered me, and I questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I have noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there is only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you would leave me. The Lord replied, My precious child, I love you and would never leave you. During your times of trials and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Um, And on that, um, let's go ahead. We're going to close in a word of prayer. Uh, Gracious God, we thank you that you are always good and that you are always with us. Help us to remember this when we're going through times of trials and suffering and remind us of the importance of leaning into you as we endure dark and challenging experiences in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.